Sensational goal! One of the most watched sporting events on the planet begins this weekend. It's the World Cup, and a big delegation from Kansas City is heading out to Qatar. They're on a fact-finding mission, looking for tips on how they can best host the event when it heads here in 2026. Before they head out of town, three of those top leaders swing by Week in Review to lift up the hood on the struggles, the challenges, the opportunities of hosting the largest multi-day event in the history of Kansas City. Join us on this Newsmaker edition of the program. Week in Review is made possible through the generous support of AARP Kansas City, RSM, Dave and Jamie Cummings, Bob and Marlise Gorley, the Courtney S. Turner Charitable Trust, John H. Mize and Bank of America N.A. co-trustees, and by viewers like you. Thank you. Hello and welcome in the woods of Monty Python, and now for something completely different. After spending pretty much the last six months on this program dissecting the twists and turns of our local election campaigns, we finally turn the page. With Election Day in our rearview mirror, we have some new dates to put on your radar screen. In less than four months from now, the new single terminal at KCI opens to passengers, and just a few weeks later, the NFL draft comes to town. In 2024, the KC Current's new Riverfront Stadium will open. A year later, you'll finally be able to ride the streetcar on that extension line down to the plaza. And yes, in 2026, the World Cup will be here. But if that was not enough on the city's plate, the new owner of the Royals makes it official this week. The team is moving out of Kauffman Stadium, and he wants to help the city build a $2 billion stadium and baseball village downtown. Involved in the nitty-gritty of most of these deals is Kathy Nelson, the president and CEO of the Kansas City Sports Commission, who also leads our top tourism agency, Visit KC. And just before she boards a plane for Qatar, Catherine Holland joins us. She's the director of Kansas City's World Cup hosting committee. Brian Platt was also going to be with us, but he's had a, an emergency and will no longer be joining us. But we're in very capable hands. Um, what is the purpose of you going to Qatar in the first place, Kathy Nelson? What are you hoping to find there? FIFA actually has asked or requires each host city to bring people over, up to three people, to check it out, you know, to learn a lot of different things. So there's a program set up that we will be going over for. What are you particularly looking to see how they do that that you could bring back to Kansas City for 2026, Catherine? I think we're looking for ideas um, and a better understanding of how they activate right around the stadium. Um, we're looking forward to experiencing the transportation. Transportation will be a big piece of what we need to deliver. FIFA Fan Fest uh, will be, you know, something that will be incredibly important for us to experience and watch a game from there. And I think just the general vibe of, of a market that's hosting a World Cup. And how dreadful you have to give up the winter weather here for 85 degree weather there in Qatar. <laughs> Twist my arm. Okay. Twist our arms, yes. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but Qatar has its own worries over hotels and how can they accommodate that many people? Did you see that they're now renting out mega cruise ships to house thousands of fans during the month-long tournament. I'm assuming that's not an option in Kansas City unless you can convince Royal Caribbean to try and navigate its way to the Missouri River, Kathy. Yes. No. <laughs> I mean, that is how... Is, is that the big pinch point? No, no, actually not at all. You know, we would not be in this position of hosting the World Cup had we not met the bid requirements of hotel rooms and accommodations. And the other thing to really think about, I would tell you that neither one of us stress about that. The one thing to think about, there are more rooms in the Kansas City footprint than there are in Doha. 
right? So when you think about Doha hosting the World Cup, we actually are, are fine as a city when it comes to hotel accommodation. So no cruise ships. How about a legion of Airbnbs that are going to be bringing <laughs> together to house these folks? It's not a pinch point, the accommodation? It's not, no. I mean, they did ask us to source hotel rooms within a two-and-a-half-hour radius around um, the Kansas City metro area. We were able to do that. Um, you know, I think, yeah, Airbnb will be will be popular. That'll be something that, that we'll, we'll need to sort of address from an information management standpoint. But like Kathy said, if we didn't have the hotel rooms and the assets required, we wouldn't have been awarded host city duties. It's, uh, I think we need to take a, a step back for a moment because it is kind of amazing how we even have this. I, mean, I know the Guardian newspaper in my home country of, of the United <laughs> Kingdom said, you know, Kansas City is a really unlikely city to host this, the smallest of any of the markets that are going to be part of that World Cup in 2026. You beat out Phoenix, uh, Denver, Orlando, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Washington, Nashville. This was a real upset in a way. What was that single component in your mind that made us get over that finish line above any of those cities? Well, we didn't see ourselves as an underdog. Okay. I think that's one thing to think about as a Kansas City, you know, as, as we live, work, and play here. But I think our location, central of the entire bid footprint from all of Canada, United States, and Mexico, and then what we presented. I mean, Catherine's brain behind this whole thing for their site visit, the passion and the power of Kansas City, really came to light for them. You know, you have been heavily marketing Kansas City as the soccer capital of America. Here's an excerpt from one of your latest videos you've been promoting around the country. Welcome to Kansas City. We've always been a sports town and a city of champions. We're also a soccer capital of America. Because soccer isn't just played here. It's lived. On every team, on every field, in every crowd. It's not just a game to us. It brings us together, cranks up our volume, and gives us another reason to celebrate. That shared energy, that fire, that purpose, also fuels our city and our region. The center of the country is now the center of attention, leading the way in the new Midwest. Inclusive, accessible, a city full of good people doing great things. Alrighty, so who is that video intended for? Do you shop it around the country, show it overseas at expos in places like London and Berlin, Catherine? You know, I just I think it helps to demonstrate um, the, the the sort of value proposition that we are the soccer capital of America. And aside from being able to promote the fandom around the sport itself, we like to talk about we're headquarters to Heartland Soccer Association, which is the largest youth soccer association in the country. Headquarters to United Soccer Coaches, largest coaching organization in the country. The investment in you know venues and training facilities specific to soccer around this community over the past 10 years is demonstrable. So we don't just talk the talk. I think we walk the walk, and that video helps us demonstrate um, that we can back that. that when when you show it, though, do you get bites that you, we've brought in conventions here, we've brought in tournaments here because of that video? I mean, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, Kathy and, and Visit KC use that video quite frequently to market, um, you know, Kansas City beyond the sport of soccer, that we're welcoming and, and, and you know, um, that... We have a fandom here and, a, and an opportunity that is unique to other places in the country. Yeah, and we, we certainly use that video externally, but also internally. Doesn't that, like, 
Tell yeah, me it's geeks me up every like, time. Oh my gosh, this is fantastic. And I think sometimes our our, our people here in Kansas City, they know this is a big deal, but then you see what the power of what we do already and bringing that to the power of the world. I think we use that video internally as much to share with other people in our community. Now, when visitors arrive in Kansas City in 2026, they'll be flying into a brand new KCI airport. It's hard to believe since this has been going on so long, but it's going to open in less than four months. What role did the new airport terminal play in Kansas City being awarded the 2026 World Cup? It was critical. I don't believe that we would have been awarded host city duties without the... Really? Okay, I, I really, so we would not that. have gotten this right. if we didn't do yeah. it? I don't think so, no. Um, I mean, we will still be the newest airport of all host cities in 2026. I just think having that welcome mat um, for all the folks that will be traveling in for this experience was, was really critical. But what could you do at this new airport that you couldn't have done in the old uh, three-terminal design that we had before? Well, international gates think about that being able to do direct flights from international locations is a big deal to us signage marketing transportation to and from the airport the ease of the airport I mean everything that we know as people that use the airport often that just makes it a better experience for fans are we going to get more direct flights as a result of this I didn't know if we were going to I hope so okay that's still just a hope <laughs> but there's certainly there are certainly lots and lots of conversations around that happening right now okay um, in addition to the games, there are a lot of other activities, including big fan fest events. Here's some footage, by the way, of some of those wrap-around events from this year's World Cup in Qatar. How will this work in Kansas City, and where will they be? So we proposed during the initial bid process two sites, um, you know, the, the sort of front door of Kansas City, right? United Union Station and World War I Museum and Memorial, where we've showcased uh, championship parades and, and where the NFL draft will be headquartered. And then we also proposed um, the south lawn of the Nelson Atkins Museum across Emanuel Cleaver Boulevard down to Tice Park. Um, you know, we are waiting for some direction and information from FIFA with respect to FanFest, which will absolutely impact how we plan around that. But I think the city can, can expect to have a lot of different opportunities to engage with, um, you know, matches when they are, when they are being played anywhere in, in the three countries, United States, Canada, and Mexico. So we will be working through planning that experience in the coming years. Do you have a new potential venue for uh, a fan fest, and that is Kauffman Stadium? If the Royals end up leaving, we now we saw that news this week, John right. Sherman saying they want to build, they want to move, go downtown to a new $2 billion uh, village there, a baseball village. Uh, wouldn't that give you a place for international entertainers to do their concerts and everything? Absolutely. Between that and the Casey Current Stadium, I mean, there are so many. We we had FIFA in just a few weeks ago, and they mentioned we're a plethora of not only training facilities but venues in general. So, yes, all of that helps. You know, you've already got the NFL draft. You've already got the World Cup coming. What did this week's announcement do for you? Did it just complicate your world, make it much more difficult for you? you no. Your plate is already full. You're, right. you're already the head of the sports commission, the head of the Visit KC. Now you've got something else you have to work on. Right. And, you know, we're there to support the Royals. It's not, it doesn't complicate our world. It's one other tool for us. If you, we go out and attract different things here, it absolutely just makes our city that much more memorable, that many more people are talking about us now. One of the big pinch points that we've been told about as far as bringing the World Cup to Kansas City is transportation. You said hotels wasn't an issue, but we're not known for being a robust transit uh, system. How are we planning to bring what could be potentially tens of thousands of international visitors uh, to Kansas City in 2026 and moving them from their hotels to the stadium downtown? 
you know, obviously, well, at, at Arrowhead rather, right, and also to you know Fan Fest. So in between those, in those three sort of key points, and like you said, throughout the hotels, um, we're very uh, in the very early planning stages. But with respect to the bid and what we needed to showcase during that process, um, we did work with some you know transportation engineers to come up with this idea of a multimodal transit system. We are required to deliver free transportation during during the event. We sort of took it a step further and concepted ideas around a regional um, hub and spoke system so that maybe we could transport people in from um, around the Midwest without them needing to drive cars. So again, early, early concepts, but definitely something that we are starting to think um, extensively about because transportation is critical. If we don't get transportation right, it could ruin the entire experience. Now, right after the announcement that Kansas City was going to get the World Cup back in June, Brian Platt, the city manager who can't be with us now, uh, but did mention he wanted the streetcar as part of this. He would like to see the streetcar extended to the uh, stadiums. Was that part of the bid with FIFA to bring a streetcar to the stadiums? No, it was not. It was not. If, you know, whatever the World Cup does to help our city expand and grow, we're all for. But the streetcar expansion to Arrowhead was not part of it. Does it help? Absolutely. But I think to Catherine's point, we certainly had a very solid plan going into it that's only going to get better. So what does that mean? Catherine just said, for instance, that all of that transportation has to be provided for free uh, to ticket holders. That's, that's a big undertaking. So are you going to be now hiring fleets of buses from all over the country to converge on Kansas City for this event? Well, that's our one of our plans. We certainly have multiple transportation experts and engineers ranging from Mid-America Regional Council to different engineers and companies in town all involved at the table talking about transportation. So I think as we you know pick away at it and what we learn in Qatar, I think that'll be really helpful to us as well. Is the transportation issue the item that uh, gives you insomnia at night, that keeps you up? Yes, just because I think it's so core to delivering a, a, a superior experience when, when they're in town for, you know, to, to participate in this event. But, but I'm not worried about us being able to deliver against against that requirement. I think we have some really great ideas. And, you know, like Kathy said, if if the World Cup is, is a useful catalyst for, you know, expanded public transportation, that's wonderful. And Kansas City already has the largest free fare transportation system in the country. So we can continue to sort of leverage those learnings, borrow resources from, again, the surrounding region. This was always a bid that was representing the entire Midwest. So certainly I think that we can partner with other markets to help provide, you know, the necessary um, resources to deliver against this. But transportation will be key. It will absolutely be key. You know, I sort of glossed over this because the World Cup is such a big deal, but you sort of get a trial run on this when the NFL draft comes to Kansas City. Let's not forget about it after being in Las Vegas this year. It's coming to Kansas City the weekend of April 27th. I see on the Sports Commission website, you now want NFL draft teammates to help with that. These are paid positions. Will that be true of the World Cup, too? Are you going to be paying people to help you with that? You know, we have not gotten to that discussion yet at all with FIFA. That's probably yet another year or two down the road. But for the NFL draft, that's a critical part of making that event successful. We will need a, a you know a robust um, volunteer sort of crew to help pull off the both obviously the NFL draft and World Cup with but with respect to how it will um, reflect what the NFL is doing like Kathy said that's that's still a little TBD. 
a lot of folks, who, you know, so we're trying to appeal to people on this program who may not even think much about soccer. There are others who are feverishly wanting to know every single detail about how do I get tickets, when, how am I going to be signing up. But something we haven't heard much about, you know, it's been in June that we found the announcement that we were going to be hosting it. But do we know how many games are we going to get in Kansas City? I mean, is it, is it going to be just one game? I mean, how, how, what, what, what do we know about that at this point? Well, we know we will have multiple matches. Multiple games, okay. I would tell you that number ranges. They are working on a schedule, and it will probably be the end of 2023 before we even have a sense to what that schedule will look like. I mean, it's the first time ever they're going to 60 countries, multiple, you know, I mean, it's just much bigger. And as they get through this year's World Cup, then we'll learn more and more about that. So, yes all to be determined. We will not just have one. Okay, and um, we do know that you won't get the opening match or the final because I right. saw on FIFA's rules there had to be a stadium of at least 80,000 seats, right. so Arrowhead would not qualify for that, but it could be multiple uh, games uh, beyond that. I know that our business leaders are salivating and our restaurant owners, <laughs> they're going to get all of this business coming in, but will some of that enthusiasm uh, diminish, Catherine, if we see matchups, for instance, in Kansas City between, say, Senegal uh, versus Saudi Arabia or Cameroon versus Iran? I don't think so. I think particularly Kansas City, which is a, such a sports town that wraps their arms around all these different types of events. And keep in mind, this is um, this is going to be the largest sporting event in the history of the world. So it's it's historic. And I think that no matter which countries are competing out at GEHA Field at Arrowhead, people will turn out and people will um, travel to Kansas City from certainly all over our region, all over our region, but I think all over the country to come and have that um, incredible experience. There was a story in the Kansas City style that really caught my eye it said that uh, you might have to fork over about $300 to get a seat inside Arrowhead Stadium for one of these World Cup games. What about Kansas Cityans who can't afford that? Fan Fest. There's all kinds of opportunities. And I really don't know that we know what the ticket prices are yet. I also feel like those Taylor Swift concert tickets are probably <laughs> going for a little bit more than that. So if you can't afford a ticket, no matter what the price ends up being, I do think the Fan Festival is a great opportunity to celebrate Kansas City, to celebrate our region, and to celebrate the North American hosting, or North America hosting the World Cup. This is a metropolitan-wide bid, though, isn't it? Yeah. And so you've got Fan Fest, though, on the, on the Missouri side. You said the Nelson could be a venue for that. Are there venues on the Kansas side that will be having Fan Fest? Possibly. Again, we're, we're sort of looking at what that structure will 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 be. You know, it, it might be that it takes a new form in which there are, are multiple satellite fan fests, maybe smaller in size and scope. Um, I think that, you know, from our activation plan, absolutely, we would want to host events around the, the, the metropolitan area in order to, again, encourage um, those people that are coming into Kansas City to experience as much of the region as, as possible. Now, we're told, for instance, Arrowhead Stadium is not ready to go at this moment in time. It's going to cost about, what well, we're told, about $50 million to make renovations to that. That would include potentially removing thousands of seats from the stadium to, to, to fit in the, uh, a, a reconfigured soccer pitch that would go into uh, Arrowhead Stadium. So who pays for all of that? Well, one, I want to correct you in that it's modifications. Modifications. That, that is certainly what we're doing. We are modifying that field and pitch to make sure the soccer pitch fits inside of Arrowhead. You know, we are working through where all of our funding comes from. We would not, again, have won the bid had we not presented a, a pretty robust plan for funding. And it's certainly going to be a mix of 
public and private funding. Um, both states were in a great location, right? We sent them the state line and being able to have support from both Missouri and Kansas will help. Um, there'll be some city help, but there's some great opportunities that Catherine will lead with sponsorship opportunities that the World Cup's never had before that we'll be able to raise lots and lots of money. And I would tell you all the owners, even the Royals and the Casey Kern are very much excited about how do they help us make this a successful event. Uh, if you don't go to any of the games, will you still be able to, will you still be forced to be paying additional taxes in, in order to be able to support these changes at Arrowhead Stadium? I do not believe that is not on the table that whatsoever. That's not on the table at all. Okay, how about the security components of this and who pays for that? I see part of the bid also from um, the FIFA is that each host city has to pay for all of the policing, law enforcement and security involved in putting on that event. Who pays for that, Catherine? It's, it will come out of the same money that is raised, you know, to support the event from a holistic standpoint, right? So stadium modifications, safety and security, fan fest, Marketing and media, all of that will um, will be will be you know part of our plan um, to, to to leverage the funds that are raised to to produce this event. Okay. When the uh, World Cup, uh, the, the FIFA wants there to be huge changes in the community in which a World Cup takes place, and you can say in Qatar they want to make this the most environmentally friendly World Cup ever, though there are concerns about how they're treating workers and how they're treating other groups like LGBT community. But when it comes to Kansas City, which is the only thing you have control over, you know, what is going to be the legacy of these games here? Uh, what can we say was improved because the World Cup took place? Well, there is a high focus on human rights. so. You know, not, not to not answer your question, but there are multiple facets that we are working through. There is a group that is working on what is the legacy left behind? What is the impact, not only for the fans that visit, but what is 50 years from now look like after hosting an event of this caliber? But then also, your hum the human rights component of this, they certainly are focused. That is a lot of work on our plates for that. So what does that mean in terms of human rights in Kansas City? I actually let Catherine up. Sure. So, um... You know, they, they actually contracted with a consulting firm who did individual studies on each of, of the actual, you know, the short list of host cities, so 23 down to 16. And they identified a handful of issues in each city um, that, that they felt rose to the top as needing to be addressed, again, varying from, from city to city and market to market. You know, some that they identified in Kansas City were concerns about housing, housing rights issues, right? So you mentioned Airbnb earlier, which we certainly want to work with with tenants to be able to allow them the opportunity. However, we need we need to be really mindful that tenants do not, I'm sorry, that landlords do not evict um, long-term tenants in order to capitalize on this event down the road, right? And and, and raising rents to, to, to leverage these short-term rental opportunities. Um, you know, um, workers' rights coming out of, of Doha and the 2022 World Cup will be a huge focus for for uh, FIFA to ensure that nothing um, even close to what has happened to date uh, to bring this World Cup to life happens moving forward. Um, there's obviously some sustainability issues and then safety and security, policing, and so on and so forth. Nothing that is specifically really unique to Kansas City. FIFA will provide a framework work within which all of the individual host cities can leverage resources at a high level, but then also customize based on the individual market needs. When uh, Melukas has made it clear that he wants to make sure the benefits of bringing a World Cup uh, are equally spread throughout the city. How are you going to do that? Well, 
We have sat in how many challenge sessions working with multiple people around the community to figure out what does this mean for our city so that's certainly something that we've been focused on the last few months. You know I remember uh, when the All-Star game came here uh, in 2012 wasn't it there was a big effort to track the main route that out-of-town visitors would navigate to get to Kauffman Stadium for that game and there was a mammoth effort to demolish unsightly abandoned buildings spruce up uh, other eyesores along the way. Kansas City is making a clean sweep of illegally dumped trash ahead of the All-Star Game. Today, 50 trucks made their way to 66 neighborhoods stretching from Gladstone Boulevard to Bannister and Truce to Blue Ridge. And they picked up everything from old furniture to car parts. I just remember all that. We did it on our program at that time. Uh, what other changes might we see when the World Cup comes here in terms of what our city will look like when international visitors get off that plane in 2026? I mean, certainly we want to put our best foot forward, right? I mean, this is a money-can't-buy marketing opportunity. So, you know, we want to show off Kansas City in the hopes that people return for other events outside the World Cup. So I can, you know, you can expect that, yes, we would want to make sure that Kansas City is spruced up and cleaned up and, and running as efficiently as, as possible. And if that's one of the sort of, you know, positives that come out of the legacy of hosting the World Cup and that sustains itself on an ongoing basis, that would be wonderful. Um, and again, all of these things are what we are thinking about as we as we as we travel to Qatar and, and have that experience um, and then come back and really dig into the planning efforts. What's left, Kathy? I mean, you're going to have a World Cup. We've had an all star game here. <laughs> uh, we have the NFL draft. Are you now working on Kansas City's Olympic bid? <laughs> you know, I we chuckle about that because both Catherine and I, the, the next day, had media inquiries and someone sat in our office and said, well, what's next? And you think, the NFL draft, we have multiple NCAA championships, World Cup, like that. You really just ask me that? Yeah. But I do, please know, we are, our, as a city, as the Sports Commission and Visit KC, we are always looking forward. So we have a bid in to host the World Cup rugby in 2031 and Women's World Cup in 2033. We have a bid on the table right now to host the USA Gymnastics um, Olympic trials in 2024. So there's always something we're working towards and working for. World Cup might be the biggest thing that either one of us will ever touch. Even without the World Cup being here right now, we, we're still planning for it. But have we created new business as a result of just even being chosen yes. as a host city? Yes. Go on, give me an example Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. We were just awarded the 2027, um, it's an international religious conference, and it's a significant religious conference. I'm, I'm and they said 10, it's 000. because we're a host committee for the World Cup? So they were in for a site visit, and during our breakfast meeting it was, well, my gosh, you will already have signage and understand how to, how to treat international visitors. This would be a perfect place for us to land. And on that we will say our special sporty and global newsmaker edition of Week in Review <laughs> is a wrap. Thanks to the head of the Sports Commission and Visit KC, Kathy Nelson, and the director of our World Cup hosting committee, uh, Catherine Holland. By the way, while the World Cup starts on Sunday, the United States plays its first game on Monday afternoon. And you can see all the action on the 40-foot-wide, 18-foot-high screen at KC Live in the Power and Light District. And guess who the U.S. is playing? Wales, my home country, which is playing in its first World Cup since 1958. In other words, it's kind of a big deal. Perhaps if you start cheering on Wales for this, you might get an international deal out of Wales out of this. Catherine. I mean, we can only hope. <laughs> Fingers crossed. All righty. Next week, we head into our winter membership drive. As truckers like to say, we'll see you on the flip side of that. I'm Nick Haynes from all of us here at Kansas City PBS. Be well, keep calm, and carry on.